This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by the Dream Cafe. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. This is episode 41. In this episode, we talk to Dom Nero. Thank you for listening. Please pass it on. Follow us at Twitter at This Thirsty. Check out our YouTube channel. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 41. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. This is episode 41. In this episode, we talked to Dominic Nero. Dom is a writer and video editor. Video editor. He uh, currently works at Esquire, making films about comedy, film, and gaming. Um, his work has been featured in Entertainment Weekly and the AV Club. He hosts a film podcast called Eye of the Duck. And he recently released a Twin Peaks Seinfeld short film called Seinfeld The Return, which has garnered uh, quite a bit of attention, including from Jason Alexander. And that's why we have him on today to talk about that film and all things Seinfeld. So uh, Dom, thanks for joining us, man. Great to be here, guys. So excited to finally talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, before we dig into that, Dom, so take us a little back. So you're you're a South Jersey guy. You're... I'm guessing you late twenties, early thirties. I just turned thirty on February twentieth. Oh, congrats! <laughs> so, young guy, obviously you weren't even kind of alive during the when Seinfeld and Twin Peaks both kind of were released. Were you a Seinfeld fan first or Twin Peaks? Yeah. So my parents were huge Seinfeld fans, and I was watching Seinfeld almost every night of the week from you know as long as I can remember. I didn't discover Twin Peaks until uh, a little after college, like maybe 2014. So yeah, there's been like obviously your 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 film, and I've seen like the the Twin Peaks guys on Twitter. There's a lot of like buzz and connection between the two shows. Can you kind of just explain a little bit about that before we kind of dig into your your film? Like, what, what what's the What's the connection between the two shows? Other than I know there's like there, there's overlap characters, things like that, but kind of what's what's been the big draw here? Well, yeah. So there's a few actors who have appeared in both series. Um, for my purposes of you know trying to make a Seinfeld uh, reunion episode, basically, I wasn't so much interested in that. Um, I think there is some sort of uh, vibe about Seinfeld and Twin Peaks that is kind of shared. I think they both were very famous around the same time, um, both by very distinctive uh, voices, you know, David Lynch, Larry David, um, of course, Jerry Seinfeld, Kyle MacLachlan. There, there feels like there are these sort of uh, uh, vibey similarities out there. Kind of hard to put your finger on it, but I think a lot of people seem to have cued into uh, that connection. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that. The, the Larry David, David Lynch sort of, you know, what, I know you just said it's hard to put your finger on it, but we really like to dive deep on this show. Like, what is it? I mean, they're two obviously geniuses, but in, in two completely different ways, but maybe not in completely different ways, I think is what you're getting at. Like, you know, to have a mind like that, you have to think abstractly. Uh, maybe Larry David focuses it more on, on, on more practical things and maybe David Lynch deconstruction i don't know to be honest i'm not 
that keen on, I'm not that keen on, I don't know Twin Peaks that well, but I do know David Lynch's movies pretty well. Um, so yeah, maybe just let's dive a little deeper there. What What is, who do you, I mean, which, it sounds like you became a Seinfeld fan first, but you know, which as a filmmaker yourself, an editor, like are, are, you, are you more of a, of a Lynch guy or, or, or a Larry David guy? Well, I'm also a huge fan of Curb. Okay. In addition to being like a David Lynch fan. Um, I've always been a big comedy guy. And then uh, through college and after college, I kind of got more serious about filmmaking. Um, I think one of the biggest similarities that I could say between these two shows, which I don't know if a lot of people recognize this, is they're both kind of strangely obsessed over like minutia of life. Um, Twin Peaks you know, for people who love that show, they remember Agent Dale Cooper obsessing over like the smell of the trees or, you know, the taste of just a, a normal donut that you get from a diner. <laughs> I think it's strange that uh, Seinfeld and, you know, Larry David, they're, they're zooming in super close on these little things about life that we don't normally talk about. Another big thing that's really funny to, to think about is that in Twin Peaks, I think the story is that basically David Lynch wrote mostly for Agent Dale Cooper, whereas uh, his his co-writer, co you know creator Mark Frost wrote mostly for uh, Sheriff Truman, and we sort of have that analog in Seinfeld, where you know I don't know about um, as much about Seinfeld as you guys, but we know that Larry sort of wrote mostly for George, from what I understand, and yep. yeah. you know Jerry for Jerry. Interesting. There you go. That's a good, that's a very good point. Nice. So, so circling back, you, you mentioned you wanted to do a Seinfeld reunion, right? So that was kind of always in your head, right? So, and then you mentioned the parallels, obviously they both shows kind of kicked off like 89, 90, obviously Seinfeld went nine years. Uh, Twin Peaks only had about two seasons, I believe. And then they, I know they did a, um, uh, something in a, like what, 2015 or something, but, uh, but like, did you have any other thoughts? Was Twin Peaks always there as a as kind of a, a theme where you wanted to build this, or kind of touch on that? Like, why why the Twin? Obviously, the parallels. I get that, but um, why that for a union versus just something kind of uh, unique from your own perspective? Um, you know, as I was preparing speaking with you guys, I kept thinking. I have this memory from very early in my life of talking to my my parents about Seinfeld and saying um, it would be really cool if Newman died. <laughs> and my parents being like, what? <laughs> and, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, it would be so interesting because everyone would feel so bad for him. And then it kind of dawned on me by the confusion on their faces that like, I'm a weird boy. I have weird ideas. <laughs> people don't want to see Newman die. I want to see how the Seinfeld people react to this really dark idea. Like, how bad would they all feel? Because they right. don't like love him so much. Well, it's interesting you say that because in the first episode, Newman is introduced. We don't see him, and Larry David is his voice, and he's going to commit suicide. And he was supposed to. Oh, wow. He was supposed to die. In fact, if you, if, if I believe, I didn't know that. Supposed, yeah. So the first episode you hear of Newman. Kramer's yelling up the roof, just jump, just jump. No one's on the roof again, you're going to jump. And he's like, just do it already. And you hear it's Larry David's voice. I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump, uh, you know, Kramer. So they, and, and, and to your point, and uh, maybe you need to dive, I think you should dive deeper into seasons two and three of Seinfeld because it's all dark. 
I mean, uh, Larry Charles. Show. Yeah. yeah, Larry Charles episodes specifically are. I mean, they get they get existential. They get they get dark. There's death. There's the pony remark with Man with um, you know Manya and uh, the spirit world. Uh, anyway, so there is a connection there. You're onto something. Um, <laughs> And you know it would be funny though if, if Newman died because because he is Jerry's arch nemesis, like you said. Like, yes. are we happy? Are we sad? It's an interesting <laughs> thing. Um, in your in your film though, you have Jerry die, right? That's because here's the thing, man. Yes. It's and for people that aren't you know haven't seen it yet. Uh, Don put together. A, it's called Sign for the Return, and it's on YouTube. It's got over two thousand and something forty, you know, two hundred thousand uh, hits, um, and it's it's basically. To me, and this is again, I want you to kind of explain this because these abstract things kind of can go off and it's like, it's, it's weird, but I think there's a point in a plot. It looks like, you know, Jerry dies. They're trying to figure out who did it. Uh, it seems like it's like some sort of um, version of George that did it, perhaps some alter ego of George that killed Jerry. And then at the end, Jerry Stiller shows up and, and and blows the whole thing to bits and puts George back together whole as a normal person. I mean, a nice person. I don't, maybe you can give us a better synopsis. That's what I got out of it anyway, after four watches. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much a lot. <laughs> give, give, us, give us your your thoughts on you know where you were going with it and okay. you know, was the original version longer than 11 minutes like was it was it how much yeah. is it edited down um yeah just to start there really like i'm just curious okay so yeah and you asked a little bit earlier about <clears throat> how why twin peaks became like the connecting tissue to making this happen um so uh twin peaks the return which is this third season of twin peaks that aired on showtime which was famously sort of a complete kind of 180 from the sort of like lovable uh, uh, PG world of Twin Peaks that people knew this new season on which aired in this like sort of prestige limited event was super dark, super cryptic. Um, people described it as pure heroin Lynch, which it totally uh, feels like. So as they are promoting Twin Peaks The Return, we're seeing all of these cryptic trailers for this new show. Oh, okay. And we're seeing just small little glimpses of Agent Dale Cooper just for like a second with this weird music. So that's, that's in May 2017. And on May 29th, just for fun, I put out a trailer for Seinfeld The Return um, not knowing that I would ever return to this idea. I, I sometimes just make like, uh, you know, super cuts and mashups and put them on Twitter just for fun, you know, just as a joke. And right. I put that online and it took off. It got like, you know, 3000 hits, which was good. You know, it's good for me. And it started to propel my other stuff. And um, so then all of Twin Peaks The Return comes out and we watch all that. A few years later, um, 2020 uh the pandemic starts and i'm trapped in my apartment for months on end god i need a project and i look at seinfeld the return the trailer i made and then i start digging and i start finding clips and i start thinking maybe i could actually do a whole episode how funny would it be if i actually did a whole episode <laughs> So then in the first uh, month of the pandemic, I put out the first two minutes of Seinfeld, The Return, which was mostly just an opening bit showing them getting out of jail. 
some flashbacks to the last episode of the series, which is really funny because they actually do say like, you know, we'll be in here for a year and then we'll be back. And then I put together like an opening sequence that was modeled after the opening sequence of Twin Peaks, The Return. And then um, I put that out and nobody really watched it. And I thought, all right, this idea is done. And then New Year's, New Year's came around and I was thinking about all the work that I had done during the pandemic and thinking, um, God, I really think this Seinfeld thing is funny. I, you know, why don't I just put it out again? I believe in it and whatever, it doesn't matter anyway. I just did it for fun. Maybe someone will watch it this time and, and we'll you know, goof around about it. This time when I put it out and I, I recut a little bit of this stuff, um, Tim Heidecker, who is part of Tim and Eric, the comedy team, and right. a few other big Twitter accounts shared it. And it got, you know, very big for my standards. And I was really excited. People like it. I made a second one. I made a third one, fourth one, a fifth one. I just started making these little parts and, you know, finding more clips, having fun with it, trying to uh, just commit to the bit. Right. And then finally, after part five, I figure, uh, I, I, I can't do this anymore. It's, it's like, it's a nightmare to try to find this stuff and cobble it together. It's almost impossible. So I threw it all together and I decided I'm going to finish it. I'm going to do one like full cut. It's going to be a full episode, get it out, have it done for my life and I can get my free time back. And, <laughs> so, and now we're here. Wow. So, so all together, <laughs> you're talking months of, of putting all this together, right? At least. Yeah, I mean, if you consider that trailer I made in 2017, years. Right, right. <laughs> it's always kind of been sitting up there. Right, right. Yeah, I guess, yeah, like you said, finding those clips must have been, uh, uh, you know, just finding them and then piecing them together the way you did and editing it the way you did. It's uh, quite impressive, man. It definitely is. All but, it's, off. but it's interesting. The clips you chose, I'm sure they were purposeful, right? Like you went with the Merv Griffith kind of backdrop. Was that more because... All four characters, I mean, all four characters were together sitting. Like, were there any other options you were thinking about in that perspective? And then from the other, like, you kind of went in the future, right? You got George from Law and Order. You had, um, actually, I don't know where the Elaine clip Yeah, where's that Elaine clip in the red dress from? You know, I told myself I would never give away the sources of these clips. <laughs> like, mysterious, but the Elaine clip... Um, and that this is one of the ones that really locked it all into place because it just came out in 2020, I think. It was a New York Times like short film they made. Um, I think the New York Times put out this series of just like short little films starring famous actors, just little kind like comedy sketches. Oh wow. And so 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 just to backtrack there, so did you I'm assuming to O'Hara's point, you had an idea of which clips you were going to use for certain things. Other things, it kind of just fell into place where you were like, I want a clip for this. Let me search for it. And I, and boom, you found it with Elaine. I mean, that's like serendipitous almost if that's the case. I mean, you were just like, you know, looking for clips and boom, like it's, it's kind of cool, man. Well, you know, there's a thing that I'm a big David Lynch fan and I was actually at the same time of all this is going on, I was working on a book proposal about Twin Peaks, working with this agency in New York about uh, writing a book about Twin Peaks, The Return. So I got David Lynch's like, you know, teachings in my head because I was studying and researching him at the time. And he says this thing about 
idea is that, you know, as long as you, he calls them, it's like, it's like catching fish. Like as long as you are, are casting out and looking for ideas, eventually they'll, they'll start, you know. Yeah. That's a, well, a lot of, uh, I've heard that of a lot of artists, different versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically like, or like Nietzsche says, like, you know, if you start gazing out at the abyss, eventually it starts to gaze back at you. And I have to say, I mean, you probably, it probably sounds like I'm talking out of my ass right no, now. No, no. I, I, I promise you guys, as I looked for clips, once I started looking hard enough, stuff just started like falling out uh, into you, my man. lap. And yep. I was like, I have to do this because that's this what happens. happens. <laughs> Dude, Tom, the, the, the clips we search every day just for posting a 30 second thing, believe me, we, we know what it takes. And yeah, I know exactly what crazy. you're saying, dude. It's, it's crazy. It just starts showing up when you want it to. That's, that's awesome. And that means it ha it's supposed to happen that way. It's not supposed to be hard. And then it just flows and you're just all of a sudden next thing you have 11 minute uh, Seinfeld, uh, David Lynch <laughs> mashup. <laughs> uh, like I'm less familiar with the uh, Twin Peaks return as opposed to the original like it's obviously it seems a lot darker than the original right but um, you mentioned uh, you know the cop uh, you know the flavor of the donuts yeah is it just coincidence that the clip you made for for Jerry was the donut holes bit <laughs> uh, I guess it is a coincidence actually <laughs> yeah I I have I actually I've used that clip of Jerry doing that donut holes stand up bit a long time ago. I was working for, I was freelancing for a few different comedy websites and I found, actually, I don't think this, this video ever got purchased and, and put online. I think I put it on my YouTube channel, but I found this clip of Jerry talking about donut holes and he kind of gets really existential about like, you can't, you can't yeah. buy a hole. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, hole yeah, is yeah. absence of a thing. And, and uh, I cut it, I took out all the laughter and I put like this like vibey like space kind of music as if he was talking like on like a uh, Carl Sagan documentary or something. <laughs> and I, I thought it was funny the way it came out. And um, so I reused it. Yeah, and then, yeah, go ahead. Omar. So like ultimate goal, I know you said like uh, quarantine, you just whatever, you just want to put something out. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Jason Alexander, I think like Larry Charles, like they all kind of, Rec I mean, it's got to be amazing for you, like, like be growing up a Seinfeld fan and these guys like reacting to something that you produced. Have you heard, aside from the Seinfeld fandom, like I'm sure the Twin Peaks fandom as well has has, has kind of recognized the art. Which, if you is will. which 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 of those fandoms is is embracing this uh, this piece more? I think the Twin Peaks fans. Yeah, that's what I would have gathered. I mean, just from the, the vibe of the of the video. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing that I wish I could have crossed over. It's just, <laughs> We're crossing I, you over right now, man. Don't worry. <laughs> We're I crossing just you over right now. I I had this idea that if I really stuck to this idea of just making it like generically dark and sort of prestige uh, television, just like this limited event prestige moment, Seinfeld coming back, and now it's dark. I thought that people would understand that enough. And I think in some cases, people have responded to it being like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what's going on, but it's, it, you know, it, it's funny. That honestly was my take the first time I watched it. <laughs> and then I watched it three more times and I'm like, okay, I think I have some idea of what, <laughs> what the plot, you know, per se is supposed to be. But I just, I just loved it on a, on just a level of, 
of a film editor's like that. I know how much time that took just from watching. I'm like, this guy took a lot of time on this thing. That's a a, film editing is so tedious and you're putting together all those clips. I mean, just from that aspect, I'm like, this is incredible. Um, And then I had to watch it a couple of times to be like, okay, now what's the story here? Uh, But Hey, I had to watch Lebowski a few times and Pulp Fiction. (laughs) So there you go. You're in good company. Um, Did you, did you struggle? So it sounded like, all right, George is the murderer. Kill Jerry. Like, piecing together like I, we haven't touched on the Kramer piece yet like how did how did he fit into it like I don't know where that clip is from either obviously he's like running running for, for president or something but uh how does Kramer fit into the whole plot Kramer's a bit of a wild card in this in this return um because he has a mustache in the opening and then he doesn't have a mustache in a third of the way through which really bothers me because i was really trying to dedicate myself to at least some form of consistency (laughs) seems like people didn't notice that much uh i tried to just establish michael richards as sort of some like man in power some guy pulling the strings um and you know like a lot of stuff with David Lynch, uh, <laughs> I was able to get away with it, I think. Actually, a lot of this could only happen, I think, because of the David Lynchiness of it. Once I realized, after actually watching Twin Peaks The Return and realizing that most of it is just people like driving in a car for like 10 minutes with weird music, <laughs> and <laughs> once I, I understood like, oh, so I can just slow down clips and I can get away with all sorts of incomprehensible shit that would never work with any other sort of connection. That's how I was able to actually make this work. And if you know Twin Peaks of Return, if you know Twin Peaks, there are you know specific references and imagery from that show in this. So I think if you're a Twin Peaks fan, you will have a better time watching this. If you don't know about it, you like a lot of my YouTube comments say like you may want those 11 minutes of your life back. <laughs> <laughs> I read a couple of those, but Hey man, that, yeah. that you want those. You need those to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to spice it up. Do uh, Dom like twin yeah. peak fans. Like do they, are there episodes like that? Like, Oh, the Marine biologist, like they're not labeled like that. Right. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Laura Palmer, the original, actually I, I just watched the, the finale of like season one where the um plaza cable guy uh he, he from seinfeld is in uh oh a- yeah 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 i forgot he's in <laughs> yeah. uh, no i don't think people remember twin peaks episodes titles unless you're like a super fan although for the return i know people really obsess over part eight um which famously is like all of a sudden the series is in black and white and it's uh there's an atom bomb it completely just shifts to something completely different which uh i tried to do some of that stuff in this yeah (laughs) like just going back to like the clips right and i don't mention like the merv griffin stuff like or even like when they're out of character like did you purposely try to find it obviously obviously post seinfeld like you weren't going to put Jason Alexander from Pretty Woman clips in there, right? Even right. if it makes sense or like they had to look older. Was that the whole point? Like it was a yeah, the flashback stuff? Okay. So that was one of the rules I set for myself. Not only that did they have to be like within the past like five to 10, 10 at the max years, 
but they had to be clips from things that people don't like know that well because i i found you know my my girlfriend here is like was watching along with me every step of the way and i would show her a cut after i was done and she would be like this clip just feels like I'm watching this movie and you're just like cutting back and forth to something else. Whenever I would, I, I think I, I took clips of uh, Jerry Stiller from the heartbreak kid, which was like a recent movie he did. Yeah, ben with, Stiller. With son, yeah. yeah. And it just, even though it really worked like for the story, quote unquote story, I was trying to tell if there is one, uh, it didn't make sense um, because you could just tell. I was just using something that I found in a movie. That That's was the interesting yeah. part about the clips is that you couldn't tell. So if that was one of your rules, I think you did a great job of mashing in like obscure clips or clips that weren't just like, like you said, like you're going to know this is from that movie. And it's just kind of spliced in, spliced in there because it looks right. Um, Who didn't make the cut? Like, obviously you, you had Frank Costanza, you had Newman and then the four main characters. Like, mm -hmm. and super like, obviously What's that? Oh, and the soup Nazi. Yeah, from that commercial. <laughs> yeah. Were there any others like? Because they listen. The secondary characters on uh, on Seinfeld, like that's what the show's known for. Like, like, and they've done a ton of work posts. Like, so you you did have a lot, I guess, to work with from that capacity. But did anyone? Were there any other ones that were potential, or you or kind of just got left on the editing floor? Yeah, well, a lot of people kept suggesting to me as I was just releasing like little vignettes that I should, uh, you know, take these actors who were in both series. I was getting a lot of emails about that um, and, and Twitter comments. Like people were really actually like emailing me being like, did you know that these this actor was in both shows? And I'd be like, yeah, but that kind of doesn't like, it's not that I want to, like, that's not the joke. The joke is that these characters are actually in the modern day and it just has the vibe. So there were a few, like I, I made an effort to avoid some of those connections. I couldn't use Brian Cranston as much as I really would. I love the idea of the dentist, like, you know, being in a Seinfeld return series. I think that's so funny, but I couldn't find any clip of Brian Cranston that kind of like made it feel like he was that character and not just Walter White or, you know. Right. Uh, the, the actor who plays Crazy Joe Devola. Uh, yeah, that would be a good one. I saw some clips of him, but he looked like unrecognizable. He didn't. He doesn't really look like Joe Devola anymore. <laughs> Although those clips of him in the like, I, I tried to do flashback stuff of him, like you know, as the clown and everything, because that works with the vibe. But that felt like too far. So, so knowing how this has like exploded and taken off. Is there a potential to do another one and include these other characters? You or may have not. Curve one maybe? <laughs> or a curve one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. People have said, you know, do another part or you should make, uh, you know, you should make like Twin Peaks, like 30 Rock or you should. And none of it really to me feels as as right as doing it with Seinfeld and um yeah I mean I have more clips but 
by the end of this one, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel like so hard <laughs> that like to do with like the, the like three like, you know, little tiny clips. I don't I don't know if it's possible, but I'm open to it. You know, I'd love to do it. Part two. Yeah, it's, it's easy for everyone to tell you, yeah, just go do another one. It only, you know, yeah. they don't know how long that's taken. It spent me long. years to do this. <laughs> like, I, even when I wasn't working on this, I was always just keeping my eye out for clips. And there are clips in here, like that clip of Jerry at the very, very end, which is like the that's little- That's from like, the uh, Colin Quinn thing, right? Cop yeah, show? which literally like dropped, I think, at least the YouTube video I found, that came out, I think, the day I edited that clip. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't put that together. See, that's what I'm saying, man. That's crazy, because that, yeah. uh, that was a perfect spot to throw that in there from that cop show, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, like we said, this is, this is, uh, it's got a great, like O'Hara touched on, you know, Larry Charles, Jason Alexander, these people, it got noticed, man, it was, it was definitely uh, caught our eye. I can see how, you know, the Twin Peaks fandom was probably more on top of it because, you know, again, we didn't, I didn't even, we wouldn't catch the, the, um, whatever you call them, Easter eggs or, you know, the small homages to the, uh, to the Twin Peaks thing, but um you know, I just loved it from, like I said, the standpoint of, of just putting the whole thing together. And you, thanks. And you say true to like, I know it's kind of a blend between both, but in theory, I guess you could have like set George in uh, Twin Peaks is what Washington State, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you, obviously, you just, you stayed true to Del Boca Vista, right? And you put him there. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I don't know. And then I don't know. Okay. Was you Del Boca Vista the whole time or? <laughs> I wasn't following that part too good, but <laughs> was he in jail in Boca Vista when when Frank showed up? Is that where he was? Maybe in a holding cell. He was in a holding cell, right? He's, he was about to be interrogated or something like he's that. He's out, you know. That that's that clip of him from Criminal Minds was, you know, there's a clip of Jason Alexander. He was in an episode of Criminal Minds, and he plays this like kind of like Colonel <laughs> Sanders, like mastermind, like criminal guy. <laughs> He's got long white hair. Yeah, it's really weird. And he looks just physically, he looks very similar to uh, the demon Bob in Twin Peaks. If, you know, people who are familiar with that know Bob uh, has long gray hair. So that okay. was another element of like, okay, so this connects. Maybe I can. Uh, siren. That's right. We got a we got a train train Listen, siren on Ohio Harris house every single time. What's your cat's name? Nunzio. Nunzio like the professional wrestler? Nunzio is a professional wrestler? Yeah, he, went to the, he went to our high school. Oh. Uh, anyway, that's, that's, it would have been really uh, if you said I'm, yes, because he's a very obscure professional wrestler. I don't even follow professional I'm wrestling. Thinking about, I, I'm thinking about Enzo uh, from uh, season five, The Barber. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, yeah. All right, Don, let's get back to Seinfeld. What, okay. We just want to get you like your favorite episodes, like growing up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you got into it, obviously, in reruns with your parents. like Yeah, um, every night. Every night, right? Yeah, you're talking. And he was down in Philly area, so oh, probably not. Yeah, right. okay. I remember it was Channel Seven, I think, and a lot of nights it was on the same time as Rugrats. Seven and seven thirty. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, five and five thirty. It was like close to The Simpsons at the time. I remember that, and my parents being like, "Turn off Rugrats, we're putting on Seinfeld." <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good parents. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> what? Uh, like, do you? how into it are you like did you like oh, i i love seasons two through five you're into the later seasons like larry david left like um who were some of your 
I, I based on our conversation, I can't tell who your favorite character is yet. <laughs> I, I'm usually good at guessing that. Um, if I had I a know guess, if I have one. Dom, you uh, you know you're a creative guy. I think you're the, like a Kramer, Kramer guy. Kramer, that's what I was yeah. gonna guess. You're a Kramer yeah, guy. Yeah, I was gonna say. Now that I, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I share this with a lot of my friends in that Seinfeld is one of those shows where I don't like know specific episodes, and I don't like I've never like watched Seinfeld like I watch you know, a show like Twin Peaks. Like I never sit down and watch it from start to finish. It's just always been on in my life. And I I can, you know, talk to you guys, I bet about any episode and and you guys would say, do you remember when this happens? And I would go, oh yeah, of course, one of my favorite moments. But I can't like, uh, I mean, I remember moments that I really love. And now I that it's it. streaming, I've like started to, you know, rewatch like full seasons. But it wasn't until like this summer, um, I read that book Seinfeldia and okay. he goes, this author, you know, goes through the whole the history of how the seasons change. And I didn't even really know that, uh, that Larry David left and that it got like zanier and the Jerry era. And this is quite interesting right now. I just want to, I want to pick up on this because we're, I'm finding this to be a theme when we talk to anyone that's, that's in that generation that you're in that didn't watch it live. And then now I'm realizing why, I mean, we're, we are steadfast on seasons two through five and, and we'll give six and seven. It's just due, but pretty much after Larry David left, we kind of, uh, you know, are the biggest fans of because oh. we were watching it live. So it, there's a huge, this is a huge disconnect. And it, I'm seeing it a lot in this younger generation of Seinfeld fans, because you're right. You were probably just watching it. And one day a season three episode was on the next day, a season six episode was on the next day. A season, yeah. And you didn't really get the, if you go back and watch seasons two and three in a row as they came out, you will see the creation of George Costanza that, really? that, that we know and we love. And then you will see, if you go watch a season eight episode, you're going to be like, what is this? This isn't George Costanza. But you don't piece it together as much because they slip in enough and it's just George yeah. and it's funny and it's Seinfeld. But um, the, whole, the whole characters were, were, were developed in that those early years and those are the ones we started to, that, you know that's where we started to love and then all of a sudden it changed um but uh that's I just really knew how how weird it gets it gets so weird. oh it gets super weird i, I had weird. no i i guess just as a kid i just you know always butter shave and the frogger <laughs> and uh, well yeah i guess how do you define weird right coming from a twin peaks i can't talk it's, it's, it's more just absurdity is what it becomes it's not yeah it's not real you know day-to-day -day, you know like you said the minutiae of day-to-day -day, character driven dialogue driven you know everyday life driven it doesn't become that anymore it becomes outlandish and absurd and and is that mostly who, jerry no it's larry david's absence or i think it's more of the i think well this is just my take or how i can give his but i think jerry was just i'm i'm acting in it i'm the star of it i'm collecting my check i'm producing it but there's a lot of I think there was a lot of hands on it. Um, we we go where Tom Sharones is gone after season five. He was a director for the first five seasons. After he left, it took a whole different tone, and then they just carried that tone. Ratings probably drove it. Um, I don't want to blame yeah. it on Jerry's, but I'm not going to do. But I'll let I'll let O'Hara go. No, no. I mean, listen, it went nine years. Yeah, it's long. People say they went out on top. If they went out, they would have left after five years. They went out on top, but. Yeah. But even Jason Alexander says it. He says ever since Larry left, like George lost a lot. He, he wasn't as creative. 
Hmm. But that's what happens. Nine years. What are you going to do? Like Twin Peaks, they ran for two years and then had to come back. But like, yeah. you kind of knew what you were getting in, in shows like that, right? Um, but listen, it's still the best comedy ever. It's the best show in the world, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you're going to find I some high spots in the, in the late episodes. And it's really just a matter of taste at that point. Um, at least in my, you know, it's just a matter of taste, which one you like, which one you like more. Um, but like I said, very, very few shows or artists in general go out when they should. I mean, Sopranos might be the the only one that was like, we're done and that's it. Like, we're not going to give you any more. Um, and somebody argued maybe they went one season too long. I don't know. And the Simpsons is on what, yeah. season 37 at this point? Yeah. Unless they watch a Simpsons episode. I think that is a similarity. Well, Seinfeld did go, is it nine seasons you said? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was longer than Twin Peaks, but I think both of those shows, in, at least in my mind, sort of sort of share this thing of like, they were perfect shows in their time and they're never coming back, which is why it was so crazy as a Twin Peaks fan to see Twin Peaks come back and be so different. <laughs> and that's, you know, where this joke comes from is how funny would it be if Seinfeld came back and it was just completely dark and disturbed. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to to, to let the, to, to get it out because I think, like you said, you put it up on YouTube and everyone's like, what is this? Or this is amazing. <laughs> but now you're at least saying like, here it is. This was the joke. You're all in on it. It was, you know, we put the, I did this nice. for this reason. I mean, we wanted to, to give you a chance to get that out like, there. It was like therapy. It's <laughs> off my chest finally, guys. <laughs> and you got to grow the Kramer mustache during the, uh, the quarantine. There you go. <laughs> did my best. <laughs> Well, listen, Dom, uh, this has been a blast, man. Uh, it was great to get the behind-the-scenes look of, like, this incredible film. I know you put a lot, a lot, a lot of work into it. Um, and listen, as Seinfeld fans, we really appreciated it. Oh, yeah, we jumped right on it, man. Everyone check it out. It's on YouTube, right? Yep, on YouTube. Just type in Seinfeld, The Return. Oh, and what's your, uh, what's your podcast called again? Yeah, so I just started a podcast. Eye of the Duck. Eye of the Duck. It's called Eye of the Duck. Uh, it's a film podcast where we uh, look for the most uh, essential scene in a film and unpack it from the inside out. Um, we're having fun with it. That sounds um, awesome. What's your uh, what's what the, what's the latest episode? What film or what's one of the ones uh, that you you would recommend checking out? On Monday, um, we're dropping an episode about Sam Raimi's Spider Man, which is a film that we love. Okay, cool. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so you, you just like talk about certain scenes. Oh, give me, give me like a '90s comedy. Do you do like a Billy Madison or something? What do, what do you got? '90s comedy. We haven't done a '90s comedy yet. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like thing... he's, he's. You're more into. Uh, I don't know more. Uh, something more going on than just a Sandler film. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm down with it. I. Uh, the fun thing about our podcast is you can do, you can search for Eye of the Duck scenes in anything. Eye of the Duck is actually a David Lynch idea where. He, See, he man, this is the thing you got to tell us. It went right over my head, man. You got <laughs> to fill us in on these All things. All right. So, so David Lynch says when you're studying a duck, you can look at, you know, the duck's feathers, its bill or its feet. But if you really want to understand the duck, you got to look at the duck's eye, which is very David Lynch kind of thing to say. But he says the, that film works the same way. Every film has an eye of the duck scene that's like the scene. So, I mean, it's fun to think about like, I don't know what the eye of the duck scene would be of Seinfeld, like the moment that sort of defines the entire series. Give me an episode, we'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know. He's talking about the whole series. I think the whole series is probably what? The, the contest or mm, yeah. maybe the opposite? Maybe... Uh... 
Maybe the Hamptons. Uh, well, those are those are episodes. Where, like a, uh, yeah, well, you know what scene I'm talking about when I say those episodes. Yeah, true. Uh, well, the phone message, I think. Um, for us, well, we ranked it number one for a reason. That's uh, that's George's answering machine. No, no, that's when George wants to switch the answer machine from the message he leaves on the girl when he, she invites him up for coffee and he says no because he didn't realize coffee meant sex. Oh. <laughs> Coffee's not sex at 12 o'clock at night. Coffee. Coffee's not coffee at 12 o'clock at night. Coffee's sex. All um, right, I have a duck. Sounds awesome, dude. No, I like, but I like that reference. I'm going to use that. Yeah, I like that all reference. Right, all right. See that reference? That's a, you know what? That's a great reference and it's, it's proven because I've missed it. I like references and not everyone gets, so you have to kind of be in the know and that's good. Um, Can I just ask you guys, do yeah. you, you, you're Seinfeld, you know, experts. Do you think that Jerry would ever, and, and Larry would do another season or is that that thing they did on curb? That's, that's, that's it. it. I don't that's think they'd it. do anything else. No. Do you want them to? No, no. no. I think yeah. curb got played out to be honest with you. I mean, I know we took so many breaks and went back and everything, but um, no, I think they, they, they... But, well, Curb is more about him, right? Yeah, you know, Seinfeld's more of an ensemble, like, and to get them all beating the same drum, uh, that that ship has sailed. And we, it was a great ship, right? For seasons yeah. two through five, unmatched. So, no, yeah, I would, I like Friends is coming back. Who cares? Come on. Yeah, he's um, coming back. I mean, that. these comeback things, I'm not a big fan of. Even the clip show that they that Je- that Seinfeld does, the hundred clip show. Yeah. Um, that was always a thing. They tried to like kind of spoof it because they were like probably the last one of the last shows to actually do it. I mean, Seinfeld's the last sitcom. It's the last sitcom. Um, that uh, structure, the way the sitcoms were, they ended at Seinfeld, and then every huh. show since then is. And this is, you know. My take, or not just my take. Sure, sure, I sure. It's, uh, I think it's pretty well. I mean, that structure of a situational comedy uh, on TV ended with Seinfeld. Uh, you know, this office and all these other things that came after it, completely mm-hmm. different structures, and it, you're never going to see it again. Rest in peace. Especially with streaming. I mean, you talked about, you know, it's coming on streaming now. We were talking about this earlier. With no commercials. Um, I think they're going to start showing longer versions of the episodes because they don't have the commercials. I think they already oh, did yeah. that on Hulu a couple of times where they, they added scenes into the Hulu episodes. Wow. Um, they may do that with the Netflix ones too, but who knows, man? I mean, that's what's up your alley, right? Film editing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the, funny, the funny thing about the, re, the reunion stuff is that Twin Peaks, you know, should not have come back and it did. And the season three is probably my favorite shit I've ever seen, which it's just so, it's still, you know, it's going to be four years now i still can't quite understand how he pulled that off but again a lot of people did not like the return because it was very much like my video incomprehensible <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you say that like it's in the eye of the beholder the eye of the duck if you will like yeah yeah, yeah. like we like what we like and that there's a huge amount of fans i think seinfeld season eight and nine are like you know uh, the mount rushmore like but you know that's the beauty of uh, of America. These types of shows, yeah. These types of shows and these types of discussions, man. And uh, you know, we can't thank you enough, Dom, for coming on. This was awesome, dude. I hope this, uh, you know, I hope you like this. Thank you, guys. And one last thing I wanted to say is there is there is an Instagram account. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or interested. It's called Sign Peaks. Yeah, they, they were real supportive of my video. Um, 
seem like nice people who who put that together. It's just a mashup of Seinfeld stuff and Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, well, I I want to say that that, um, I saw like there's another Lynchian Seinfeld audio story they're coming out with on like Kickstarter. I'm sure you're familiar with this, right? Like, uh, I saw the yeah, I saw the I I'm not involved in any of that, but good for them. Yeah, no, but but it's crazy that this like connection just continues to grow. So like, obviously, there's something there, and uh, yeah, I mean that Sign Peaks thing was going on long before yeah. I did any of this stuff, I, I think. And um, yeah, there is like, there's like material to be mined. I'm, I, I'm trying to put my finger on it for you guys of why it works, but <laughs> I think it there. just, yeah, I think it goes to your earlier point you made, man. I think, I think it's the, the, they both, they both look at the, the minutia of things. It's just, I think Seinfeld dives right into it on a linear path and Twin Peaks deconstructs it. Um, I don't know, I've heard, this, now you gotta be all going, we're just gonna, I've heard people compare, I mean, it's, it's the difference between, and this is just a musical thing, but the Grateful Dead and the Almond Brothers band, I mean, the, the Grateful Dead deconstructs a song into almost nothing at some point, where it's just like a plink, 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 and they're just like deconstructed into nothing, where the Almond Brothers just keeps it, keeps it going, and they, they do their jazz variation that just, mm. And more ascends and doesn't uh, and just stays linear um i don't know where the hell that came from. i think it's i think it's just it's two quality quality shows that there's a real cult following between both yeah it's as simple as that there you go wrapping it up succinctly <laughs> I, love, I love the brevity i love the brevity uh, all right dom, dom thanks, thanks a lot man this was awesome good to see you guys yeah yeah this was great dude thanks again. thank you have a great day